Welcome to Oncology Data Advisor. Today we're here at the ASCO annual meeting and I'm joined by Dr. Nicholas Phillips. Thanks so much for joining me today. Uh, nice, nice to meet you. Nice to be here. Um, my name is Nick Phillips. I'm a physician scientist at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital in the Department of Epidemiology and Cancer Control and I'm here at ASCO to present my poster. So your poster here is on accelerated brain age and associated neurocognitive impairments in adult survivors of childhood cancer. So for background, what is brain age acceleration and how is it associated with neurocognitive impairment? Sure. So brain age um, is a metric that we use in neuroimaging to quantify changes in gray and white matter. Um, we base this on 3D, our, you know, non-clinical or clinically obtained 3D non-contrasted MRIs. And what we do is we measure the, the volumes of the brains and we compare that to a database of 30,000 patients and look at where their brains fit along that metric. So um, in the non-cancer population, this is very helpful because it can predict morbidity and mortalities like dementia. Great. So why did you decide to investigate this in childhood cancer survivors? Sure. So recently, like just last week, we published a paper um, from CCSS, which is a large cohort of 30,000 patients, and we asked them um, questions about their neurocognition. So these are survivors who are about 20 to 30 years out from their diagnosis. And what we found surprisingly was that a large proportion of them were reporting that they were having new onset memory impairment. So again, these are people who are 35 years out from diagnosis and they're reporting much more memory impairments than their siblings. And it wasn't just the patients who were, had received CNS toxic therapy. This was patients who had also not, you know, like Hodgkin's lymphoma survivors who don't receive cranial radiation or chemotherapies to the brain. And so that began to at, began to at, we begin to ask that question, what's going on here? Are our patients experiencing like a, a, a premature aging phenotype? Right. So for this study, how did you go about designing and conducting it? Sure. So we leveraged one of the largest pediatric cancer survivorship programs in the country, which is at St. Jude, called the St. Jude Lifetime Cohort. And what we do with this patient population is we recruit survivors who were treated at St. Jude between 1962 and 2012. And we bring them back every three to five years at no expense to themselves or their families to undergo three-day evaluation that includes a clinical testing like echoes and pulmonary function tests as well as a phys annual physical to look at long-term effects of cancer therapy. A subset of these patients also agreed to participate um, in our program and had underwent um, MRI imaging and so we collected data from uh, leukemia survivors, Hodgkin's lymphoma survivors, and brain tumor survivors um, and also a small cohort of community controls to look at the differences between these groups. Great. And what were the results that you found with the study? So, so surprisingly, we found that all survivors, again, across the board, had older brains than their siblings. Um, but the most at-risk group appeared to be those who had received cranial radiation, whether they be ALL survivors from the old treatment regiments or those who had been treated for brain tumors. Mm -hmm. um, they, on average, were about 10 years older wow. than their chronologic age. Most surprisingly, though, was that young girls, and those that are girls who were treated with cranial radiation below the age of 10, were the most adversely affected. Mm -hmm. They often had brain ages that were 30 years older wow. than their, their siblings, um, which was really shocking. We know that cranial radiation is, um, is, can impact neurocognition, and so we don't routinely we give it to children who are under three because of that, and we know that it can severely impact their IQ. We didn't realize that that risk extends up to almost to their almost 10 years of age. So now that you have these results, can brain age be used as a biomarker for predicting risk? Yeah, so that's what our hope is. Now we're going to try and validate this in a larger study. Um, we also want to dig in a little bit deeper and see what exactly is going on because when you look at the neurocognitive outcomes in relation to, to these brain changes, they, they don't 
say they're telling us this is not a normal phenotype for brain aging. Normally, as you grow older, you'll know your, your thinking is a little bit slower, right? Processing speed's a little slower. Your memory's not quite as good, so working memory's not as good. These patients are seeing changes in word reading and vocabulary, which is normally preserved throughout your life. Um, and so this gives us an indication that maybe something else is going on here. So that's the next step is to dig a little bit deeper into that and see if this is a different kind of brain aging. Um, so my last question for you is, um, since the theme of ASCO this year is partnering with patients, um, how do you strive to do this in both your practice and in your research? Sure. So the first and most important thing is to get these results to our patients and to the community at large. One of the, the, the core missions of St. Jude, of course, is to disseminate all the information that we gather for free to everybody across the world. But more importantly, we want our patients to be able to act on the information. So, you know, it may be 10 years before we develop a pharmaceutical intervention or some other kind of intervention for this brain aging phenotype. But there are things that our patients can do now. We want them to realize that. So being physically active, all in, all, this is all in the non-cancer population. You can see this. There's a huge benefit for preserving brain age if you can stay and maintain activity. And I don't mean going to the gym for 30 minutes a day and getting on a treadmill and lifting weights. Just staying physically active. Find a hobby that you're engaged in that you can do three times a week, tennis, swimming, whatever, and do that, and that will help maintain your brain age. And the other thing you can do is, is to be mentally uh, gymnastics or mental fitness. So learning new things. And I'm not, you know, again, don't, don't have to go to college and learn calculus, but you know, just learn and pick up an activity that you're interested in and read about that or engage in and learn new things. And that also will help preserve their brain age. Great. That is great to know. Well, thank you so much for stopping by today to talk about well, this study. You. Well, thank you for inviting me.